we we really are uh, very blessed to have um, very good uh, leaders in in this church. And Pastor Lao and Da are a very good example to me and and to all of you of uh, of being a follower of Christ. The Apostle Paul said, "Follow me as I follow the example of Christ." And so we can say the same about Pastor Lao. So I just want to tell you that if you come back next week, then Pastor Lao will be here. And, but this week, uh, um, we, we, we have God, which is more than enough for, for, our, for our needs. I want to invite uh, Brother Pat Macaluso to give a, a short testimony. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> give a short testimony. Thanks. Uh, I feel kind of naked without my guitar, but I'll get through this. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I had an opportunity to go visit the, the church in Phoenix uh, the last couple of weeks. They invited me to come down and to work with the worship team for a while, and it was really great. Um, and I just I want to encourage everybody, if you have a chance to go and visit like one of the, the smaller churches somewhere, uh, take the opportunity and go, because it's uh, something about being, you know, it's a, it's a, a smaller group, and you know, they don't have like all the, the anointed pastors like we have and the elders and the worship leaders. And they're, they're really so hungry for, for some, the anointing of God and to, to have more knowledge and everything. And so I kind of found myself in that. At first, I was kind of thinking, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to kind of go there and hang out and show them a few guitar chords or something. But they're really so hungry to, to, to just know the, the, more about the things of God, you know, the things of like how they can get closer to God or use their gifts more or, you know, improve. And I found myself in that environment of people being, like, hungry, sort of drawing from me. And I, f- I felt a lot of more stuff coming out, and I felt like the Spirit of God was anointing me to, to you know, give. Uh, and, you know, you know, if you've been sitting in the church for a few years, you, you may not think you have much to give, but I tell you, you do. You've been sitting under the anointed teaching and the worship, and the, the presence of God in here. And you have a lot to give, and the, some smaller churches don't, don't have that so much. Um, and in that, in that environment, I, f- I could find, find myself, uh, you know, in the presence of God more, being anointed. And, and then you start to see your faults a little bit more. And like, wow, I, you know, wow, I didn't pray quite enough, or I didn't, you know, I don't, couldn't remember the verse enough. You know, I couldn't, I forgot half the things I was going to say. And then it kind of makes you get on your knees and, and ask God for more grace. And that's the, that's the power of God, the, the grace of God. And you need you know, to be filled with a fire to, to burn out things you know, in your life and to become more anointed and more excited about God. Um, so it's, it's a great cycle to kind of find, to, be, to put yourself in the position where you can give more. And then even when I got back, you know, anywhere could be a mission a trip. You know, I was had breakfast with a couple guys the other day, and I was thinking, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, I, I'm going to start talking about God. I'm going to share about God. I'm going to see, I'm going to tell them about the miracles that I saw with my eyes, you know, and, and just share what God is doing. And actually, we saw quite a miracle. Can I share? And there, there was a, a gal in the church, and she was from the Philippines, and she was here working on a visa that wasn't really stable, and she couldn't, she couldn't leave. And what was she had been sending money back to her family for a couple years. And the story had come back with like the, her husband and you know, like three kids over there. The husband was like spending all the money, spent all the money, and is in debt, and like kind of beating the kids and stuff. And um, and so she's torn. She wants, she needs to go back home, but she can't. If she goes, she's not going to have a job there. 
and she has a, a job here, and she's kind of stuck, you know, and she, you know, so she had decided that she's just going to go home and, and go by faith and, and trust that God was going to somehow work it out. And we were praying, and people were fasting and praying. People, I mean, I, we were all praying together. And, uh, you know, it seems like an impossible situation, right? There's just nothing, you know, that, that this lady could do. And she was, like, in kind of in a dark time. And then suddenly, a friend of a friend of somebody in the church had heard about the story. And they just uh, offered to, like, take care of everything. <laughs> They're like... Is it somebody that was quite wealthy, and they said, well, okay, well, well, sure, we're just gonna, I'm going to set up an investment company with like $100,000, and we'll make you the, the executor of this company, and that way you'll have a visa. And she knows somebody in the State Department, and you can get an expedited visa in like a few days, and they could bring all of her kids over here. And she's like, and the kids needed to pay for their tuition that they hadn't paid. She offered to pay for the kids, put all three kids' tuition in their school for the whole year, and to send them over here, and to send her back and forth, Everything, hundred percent. I mean, it, it, she was she couldn't stop crying just because it wasn't just the answered prayer, but it was abundance. It was the just the flowing for the floodgates. If you can imagine the floodgates of heaven opening on this girl, I'm I'm, I'm about to cry just to think about it because God is so good. So if you have a chance to go, go, and you're, you're going to see great things. Thank thank you, Pat. Amen. God is good. God is so good. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we pray that you bless the word this morning. Father God, open our hearts to receive the spiritual nourishment, the spiritual truth, Father God. Lord, that is so precious that you described as a treasure. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people recognize it for what it is, Lord. It's a treasure that you give to them, Lord. Father God, open our hearts, Father, to receive from you, Lord. Speak to us this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So I, I want to uh, share, I think is a um, very um, interesting message today. And then I'm going to start it talking about, you know, how, 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 how needy we are as people. I, I want us to to kind of you know think about this first before we get into the message. So, who here has pets? So, pet pets are 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 in re- comparison to people, pretty uncomplicated, right? You give them food, you know, you spay or neuter them, or <laughs> otherwise you give them an outlet. You know, they all they do want to do is eat. Sleep, make babies, and if they're dogs, they want you to love them. But that's, that's about it. Pets are very, very uncomplicated. Would you guys agree? How many of you, you know, had a pet that, you know, had, like, relationship issues with you? Maybe some cats, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, pet, pets aren't... <laughs> pet, pets are, are, are pretty uncomplicated. You know, they don't, they don't sit around and ponder deep things. You know, I, I've never um, heard of a case of an animal committing suicide. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's because they're, they're just pretty, pretty simple creatures. Compared to, to us as humans, we, we are pretty high maintenance. 
Would you agree? We, we need a lot of things. And there's a, a, a theory, just one theory, and I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just giving you an example because it's a popular theory just to show how many needs that we have. It's called the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. We could uh, show the, the image. So this is Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, and you have the physiological basic needs down at the bottom, like food, shelter, water, you know. Um, then you have, like, safety, love, belonging, kind of self-esteem, and then self-actualization. I'm not showing this to, to say that this is, this is true or correct, but I'm just showing you it to, to, to illustrate the, the many different types of needs that we have <clears throat> as human beings. And the bottom line is that we are all needy. And they actually forgot one on here. There's um, Apple products, like your MacBook and, and iPod and stuff. They, they, they didn't put that on here, but I think that was just an oversight. Because, so... <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. Steve Jobs came after Maslow. You're right. <laughs> so, um, so thank you. That's, we, we can take that down. Um, but I, I, the reason I'm showing you that is, is just to get us thinking about the different types of needs that we have in our life. I mean, beyond what just animals are satisfied with. We want, you know, we have a need to always entertain ourselves, seek, seek out like the, the, the latest and greatest entertainment or gadgets or fashion. Um, you know, that's very like materialistic, but even not in terms of material things, we, we, we have a lot of needs in terms of relationships. We want somebody to really know who we are and understand us, not just what we do, but why we do things. We want somebody to appreciate what we're thinking to take time and, and, and under, understand our, our, our thoughts and to love us. So we have, we have those types of needs, and those are good. We have needs to know where we came from and what our purpose is. And I'm not saying that these needs are bad. They're just needs. They're actually, I think it's good because God created us that way. People want to know. They have a, a desire to know. Even people that know so much, they still want to know more. Right now underground um, between France and Switzerland. They're building the Large Hadron Collider, 17 miles. It's, uh, and they, they shoot proton beams at each other. And they, they go over 17 miles and they hit each other and then they break up into like the, the fundamental physical components. So they're, 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 they built this machine because they want to find out about the universe. They have questions. They want to know they want to know what, what, what makes up our, our physical universe. Cats and dogs don't think about this type of stuff. It's only people. People are very needy. We have, we have lots of needs. We are always seeking, yearning, craving for answers, for things, for, for more people. We are very needy people. And... It, as I was uh, writing the sermon, I was thinking about that, that one song. So if you could, you could play just a short clip, I think you guys will recognize it.
<laughs> okay. It's worth it. We'll wait. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I want to, while we're waiting for the song, and you guys can play it whenever you get it ready, but I, I don't want you guys to fool yourselves by thinking that you'll be happy once you get that thing you're so excited to, you're so excited about. Once you get that, you know, iPhone or a new MacBook or girlfriend or boyfriend or that even that dream job that you you've really been shooting for you know none of these things will satisfy you and make you stop craving and and yearning for for more even getting married and having kids is not going to solve all your problems Lots of people are married and have kids and, and they, they're still unfulfilled. It's not going to solve all your problems. There's still something more that we're looking for. So it's okay. We don't have to play the song. But so I, I, I was just thinking of, uh, uh, you know, U2. And they say, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Okay, so you made me sing it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, something's interesting in, in Ecclesiastes 3.11. The Bible says, He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning until end. Wow, it's very interesting. The Bible says that He, God, has planted eternity in the human heart. But we can't understand everything that he's done. He's given us a sense of eternity, but no way to, to understand it. He, we, that's why people... You guys got it? Oh, I already sang it. Too bad. <laughs> people long for eternal things, but they long for, for hev- heavenly things, but they, they, they can't realize them they, they're like where where can i find the the answer but they don't realize that we're we're not living in a, a, the place we're living in right now is temporal finite you know worldly but god has placed in our hearts eternal things he's placed etern- planted eternity in our hearts and so we have a feeling that wow i'm not satisfied by anything here on earth it's not surprising because the Bible says that he's planted eternity in our hearts. We're never going to be satisfied by the things here on earth. That's why. Um, Jesus told two parables that, that illustrated this. And he said, basically, we will never stop seeking until we find God. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. I want to look at the first parable in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went out and sold all he had and bought the field. 
So this man, he finds a treasure in a field. We don't know whether he was intentionally looking for that treasure or he just came across it or, or noticed it, you know, un, un, under some, some rocks or something. But he found a treasure. And once he uncovered the treasure, he was very, he didn't want to lose it again. So he, he hid it and he went and sold all he had so he could buy that field and he could get that treasure. So, um, this type of joyful discovery is like when we first find out about God. We're like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. We covet it. We want it for our own. We don't want to make sure, we want to make sure nobody else, I mean, it's not, no, I don't want to say that. We do want other people to know, but we don't want to lose it. That's why he, he hit it up again. He, he, he was very care. He he wasn't like uh, you know didn't care whether whether he had it or not. He wanted to keep it. He coveted it. Um, but it can also happen to us as when we're older believers as well. And this is something that that I've learned recently is that we can discover new new riches and new treasures about God even after we we've we've been a Christian for a long time. The Holy Spirit can reveal something more to us about who God is and how worthy He is. In fact, His worth is inestimable. It's inestimable. It's, you can't estimate how, how, how much He's worthy. If you say, hey, that painting, you know, that Van Gogh, how much is it worth? Oh, $3 million, you know, $3.5 million. But you cannot put a price on God. His worth is inestimable. As we walk through the trials of life with God, we, He becomes more precious to us as we know Him better. We discover how faithful He is, how constant, how true to His promises. All I can do is tell you, I can't make you experience, you have to experience it for yourself. But I hope, it, hope that as you listen today to the message and as you read the word, that that spiritual hunger will start to grow inside of you. And you will be like that man looking for the treasure or the merchant looking for the pearl. And you'll have a greater spiritual hunger. And then the Bible says that he who seeks finds. Amen? In Matthew 13, 52, just a few verses later, Jesus told his disciples that the things they learned about the kingdom of heaven were like treasures that somebody stores up in their storehouse and then they bring out. So the things we learn about God are, are like treasures that we can keep in, inside of us. And then we can, we, can, we can bring out. The more we learn about God, the more treasures we have inside of our storehouse. Who here likes to find treasures? I've, I've, I've never... I found 20 bucks once, uh, you know, just, just laying around. I was pretty happy about that. But if you, if you found, like... You know, some jewels, some, some great treasure. You would be so happy. 
It's the same way to get to know God. Wow, this is really great. And it doesn't stop there. As you walk along in your walk with God, and sometimes it's difficult, but but you learn new things about him as you walk along with him and you get to know him more. And then it's like treasures that is of inestimable, inestimable worth to you. Let's read in verse 45 and 46. Jesus said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. So this time, the merchant is specifically looking. We didn't know if the the first guy was looking for the treasure. Jesus didn't say. But this guy, he's specifically looking. And he's, he's a merchant. So supposedly, he's already wealthy. But he's still looking for that fine pearl. Maybe he's a pearl merchant or like a, a jewel merchant. And he knows how to recognize the real quality. He knows that there's, there's something that can be one in a kind, one of a kind. You're never going to find another one like it. And so he's looking through the market. And he, 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 he will know it when he sees it. He says, this one. This is the one. He's not, it's not like, oh, that one's pretty good. Is that the one I'm looking for? I'm not sure. He, he will know it when he sees it. It's the same way when we come to know about God. Um, he's willing to sell everything he has to buy it. Because why? Because he recognizes the worth of that pearl. He recognizes how precious it is. Do you recognize the worth of Jesus? You know, I was, I was uh, um, reading some Christian writer, and, and he was saying, uh, he was talking about, do you realize that God did not send another man to die for your sins, or even an angel? to die for your sins, but man himself, I mean, God himself became man and came down and died for us. There is nothing more precious than Jesus. The merchant recognized the worth of that pearl. Do we recognize the worth of Jesus? Have you seen and heard enough of this life, experienced enough of this life to know how precious Jesus is? Have you been disappointed, disillusioned with romantic relationships, your career, empty entertainment to understand how precious Jesus is? In the Psalms, Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, King David, he wrote, As the deer pants for the streams of water, So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet God? Here you you have somebody who recognizes the worth of God, of their relationship with God. Even though King David is a king, he's a very successful king. But he longs for that relationship with God. Can you imagine a deer in the desert? 
how thirsty it must be? Have any, has anybody ever uh, been like really thirsty and you couldn't find anything to drink? I, I haven't. But a few people have. That, that, it sounds terrible, you know? It sounds, sounds really terrible. Think of those guy, people who are like shipwrecked or, or something and they're in a little raft in the ocean, right? They have water all around them. But if they drink it, what's going to happen? They're just going to get more thirsty, right? It's like we are here in, in, in this world. We, we, we're, we're surrounded by all this, this stuff that promises. It looks so good. But the more we drink of it, the more we realize how thirsty and empty we are for the real thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, when I was in college and, and stuff, I was already, you know, growing in my relationship with God. And, and I went to, like, you know, some clubs and stuff. And, and people were, you know, getting drunk and, and being happy and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I, it just felt really uh, empty to me. Because I experienced the real thing. When I come here on Sunday morning and I jump up and down and I praise God, it's because I know that there's a God who, who I'm praising. I'm not just up, jumping up and down for no reason. When I'm smiling and, and shouting out for joy, it's because that God has saved me, that he's given me good things, that I don't need to worry about anything. This is the, the, the real thing. And, I, and all I'm saying is that, is that you need to find the living water. You need to find the true thing that is going to satisfy you. And when you find it, you're going to realize how precious it is that nothing else can satisfy. Do you recognize the worth of Jesus. Steve Judd talked about Mary Magdalene who brought expensive perfume worth a year's worth, a year's worth of wages and poured it on Jesus' feet. The disciples criticized her. They said, why are you wasting it? That's you're worth a year's worth of wages. You're just pouring it out. But Mary Magdalene didn't pay any attention to them. And Jesus told the disciples, Hey, you have me here with you now. This is, this is for me. It's worship for me. It will only be waste. You know, as, as we... As we serve God, we pour out our life. We give up so much. But we shouldn't feel bad. I, 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 sometimes, you know, before I, I, I used to feel bad when maybe I, I didn't see, you know, depending on the results and stuff, then I would, I would feel good or I would feel bad. But let me share something with you. When you pour out yourself as worship to Jesus, because you recognize his worth, it's not a waste. It's not a waste.
Nothing is too, too, pre- too precious for Jesus. Paul had the same attitude as the, the merchant, the pearl merchant. Paul in Philippians 3, he said that everything he used to consider as to his benefit, he now considered loss. Why? If only he could know Jesus Christ more. He said, I would gladly become weak so that I can depend, receive the power from Christ. In Philippians 3, 7 through 8, he says, But whatever was from from my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ. Brothers and sisters, do you recognize the worth of Jesus? And in comparison, how worthless all all these other things that we used to esteem so much or other people esteem. When we serve God, are we serving because, hey, look at the these natural gifts and abilities that I, that I have, or look at you know what what I'm able to do for God, or are we worshiping Him because we love Him and honor Him and hold Him so precious in our life that He's worthy to sell everything we have if only we can we can when we gain that. Do you recognize the worth of Jesus? Does it show in the way you live that you think Jesus is precious? Is he your everything? What is your life focused on? If you had an outside life auditor come and take a tally of your life, what would he say you're most invested in? Do you recognize the worth of Jesus in the way you live. When we love Jesus so much, we, we're so grateful for what he's done for us, then we want to share it with other people. And we start to have the same, see things the same way that he does. We see people the same way he does. It's hard for us to not love people, even unlovely people, because we see them the way he does. He's so precious to us. I want to encourage all of you who might be very thirsty and still seeking for the meaning of life, for answers in your life, to not stop searching don't let the things in the world be counterfeit to kind of tamp down your spiritual hunger but encourage that spiritual hunger jesus said that he who hungers will be filled blessed or he you know they they will be filled who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled it's good don't don't 
Don't sate it or tamp it down with just eating like, you know, just this really junk food, uh, empty calories, no, no value to you. Don't fill it with these things of the world, even, even good things, if it replaces that fulfillment that you, you can get from Jesus is, is, is not good after all. That's what Paul said. I want to tell you, if, if you're, you may wonder, why should I, why, why is Jesus so precious? All I can say is that you need to experience it for yourself. But the Bible says that Jesus provides for our physical needs. And if you've been worried about, you know, your job, am I going to get laid off or am I, when am I going to find a job? Or, you know, how can I provide for myself and for my family? The Bible says that Jesus will provide for your, he has provided for your physical needs. He's provided for your health. You can claim health. The Bible says by his stripes you were healed. Jesus has provided for your physical needs. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be so burdened. The Bible says we can give our burdens over to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will fill our hearts. Jesus will provide for your relationship needs. You may think that, you know, I need to find somebody, that special someone. I need to find more friends, the true friends that value me. I need to, um, you know, find that life partner who will really understand me. And these things are good. I'm not saying that friends and family and loved ones are bad. Not at all. But what I'm saying is that you need to find Jesus first because that relationship with God serves as a bedrock for all your other relationships. Do you guys know there's certain types of sailing boats? I think they're racing sailing boats, and they have that long fin that goes very deep into the water, right? That fin is so deep so that when the wind and the waves you know, um, hit it, it it's going to stay upright and stable. It's the same way our relationship with God is is when the deeper it is, the more stable we 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 can be in our relationships with people. We won't be here and there, tossed to and fro. Focus on your relationship with God first. The Bible says that God is the one who places the lonely in families. God is going to provide for your relationship needs. But he is going to provide that bedrock relationship that nobody else is going to be able to um, replace. Trust me, I'm married to a very good woman, but, but even there, there's times that we don't really understand each other. I can't understand everything about her, and she can't understand everything about me. But God understands me. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs on my head. How many people know the hairs on your own head? God knows you more than you know yourself. He loves you inestimably. (laughs) He sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. Jesus is precious because he can meet your relationship needs. Finally, Jesus can meet your spiritual needs. You know, compared to all these other things that 
Maslow's hierarchy of the needs, that little thing. You could say there's like the big um, iceberg part underneath the water. That in comparison, our spiritual needs are so much greater. Do you know you're only going to live, what, 80, 90 years, 100 years? Compared to eternity, what is that? God sent his son Jesus to provide for your spiritual needs for all eternity that you can be with him. What worth is that? Jesus said, what good is it? What benefit if a man gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? You may be going through life and saying, and you're focused on, on, on the needs that you can see right now, kind of the, the very base of that hierarchy, but you don't realize that there's so much more. You don't even realize you, the, the, your need to have a relationship with God, to be saved from your own sin. The Bible says that God is just. He's holy. Holy, we, we talked about it in care group, is like a, a white room filled with two million light bulbs that no darkness can exist in that room. It's the same way in the presence of God. Not one sin can exist in the presence of God. And God is just. How many of you, when you go to, to the courtroom, do you want to see the, the judge say to, to like the, the rapist or murderer, Oh, you're sorry. Okay, it's all right. You, you don't have to do anything. That would be a tra- travesty of justice, right? When we look at the, the, the image of justice, it's a lady blindfolded. One hand is scales. The other hand is, is a sword, right? She's blind. She's going to execute justice, perfect justice, without looking at you know whether people are sorry or not. It's beside the point. She's going to execute justice, God is the standard of justice. He's holy. He's just. But he's also loving. He's loving so that he knew the predicament that we are in. Because he is holy, because he is just, we deserve eternal damnation. But he loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, who was not a a lamb, like an animal lamb or even an angel or another imperfect man, but was God himself, his son, in human form to die for our sins. And he could pay for the sins of the whole world. God has provided for our spiritual needs. That's how precious Jesus is. So, when you find Jesus, when you uncover that treasure, when you find that pearl in the marketplace, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy anything else. It just means that you enjoy it in the right relationship to, to, to your relationship with God. You, you put it in its place. Otherwise, it's going to be your master. You know, Jesus never said that money was evil, but he said love, the love of money was evil. And he said, you cannot serve two masters, both God and money. You have to choose between one, one or the other. He never said money is evil. But he said the love of money is evil. If we love money, that's our master. 
If you love money, that's your master. When you find Jesus, it's like coming back home. It's like a lost son or daughter, and you come back to your spiritual father. Again, I want to remind you and encourage you not to fill your life with um, artificial things that are just going to fill your stomach but not give you any nourishment. Or not, can you imagine being, your tummy is full of that salt water but you're still thirsty? How terrible that is? Don't get into that situation. Let's look at Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, 1-2. I love these verses. Isaiah 55, 1-2. Isaiah, he is prophesying. He says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It means that we actually we don't have anything to bring to God. You know, all our all our good works are like filthy rags in his sight. But Jesus invites us everyone to come. This treasure is yours for the taking. This fine pearl, if you recognize its worth, is yours for the taking. He says, "Come, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy?" Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Wow. These are our precious words. Lord, we thank you so much for giving us this offer, Lord. Lord, you gave your son Jesus freely to us the most precious thing in the universe. You gave him to us for free, Lord. If only we would receive it. Father God, I I pray that you will work in our hearts, Lord, that we can understand your worth, how worthy you are. Lord, all else will, will... will fade away in comparison, Lord. Father God, I pray that if some people, they hear the message this morning and they're not quite sure, it sounds good, but they don't know for sure what this means, Lord, that you will increase that spiritual hunger in them, that they will realize how empty And futile it is to chase after other things. And Lord, they will realize their need for you. Lord, call your sons and daughters home. That they won't be like orphans outside in the street with no father and no mother 
no one to take care of them. But Lord, you will bring them into your house and you will care for them, Lord. Father God, call call your people this morning, Lord. Speak to their hearts. Tell them, Lord, you welcome them home. That you love them so much. If anybody would, you feel that you've walked away from God, or you feel like you're a spiritual orphan and you want to come back into the house of God, I invite you to pray this prayer after me. So I'm going to say the words and you just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I want the things that it will satisfy. I desire you. I want to know you more. Come into my life. Fill me up. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you. Help me to love you more. Strengthen me, Lord. Reveal yourself to me. Help me walk with you every day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we, uh, can the worship team, can we sing the song, um, Thank You, Lord? Mom's gonna sing. This is a, a word of encouragement to all of us. Pastor Tyson talked about us that we need the, the Lord's help to prioritize our what we place as first. And one thing that I found and I think that all of us face is that. It's a daily and moment-by-moment decision. 
And I, I'd like to sing this song that the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day many years ago. And I hope that it blesses you and will sink into your spirit. Seeing him as worthy. May the Lord bless you.